Hey, Slingers, it's another week of the Word Slinger podcast, and today I'm talking to Megan Haskell and Greta Boris about their new book, Publish, Take Charge of Your Author Career. Taking charge of your author career, that's, that's what we're all about, the Word Slinger podcast. So stick around for this great interview. This episode of the Word Slinger podcast is brought to you by draft to digital Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at drafttodigital.com. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book, redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Word Slinger. Hey, I am Kevin Tomlinson, the Word Slinger. Thanks so much for uh, for being here another week. Now, if you listened in last week, you know that as of right now, I am at Nick. In fact, um, and if you don't know, if you don't know what that is, if you didn't listen ahead, uh, <laughs> Nick is uh, Novelist Inc. It is uh, a huge conference. It's happening in uh, near Tampa, Florida, at St. Pete's Beach. Florida. Um, I'm actually going to be presenting on behalf of draft digital doing a uh, presentation at 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, at, uh, I don't remember the room exactly, but it's at, it's at, uh, <laughs> it's at Nink. And uh, if you happen to be there uh, and you're listening to this, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Come on over. Uh, but if you are uh, kind of in the area, um, it may not be too late. You might be able to drop in and enjoy some uh, some fun uh, conversations with people who are attending Nink. Uh, you just meet them in the lobby. Meet them in the lobby. Meet them around the uh, resort. There's, it's um, that can be free. Um, or you may you may have to pay for parking. I'm not sure. Excuse me. I'm having a hiccup hiccuper moment. Sorry about that. <laughs> Isn't that great for podcasts? Uh, <laughs> Sort of radio in general. Um, okay, <clears throat> so I am uh, so I'm at Nink. Uh, I'm pre-recording this, of course. You may have heard me talk last week about whether or not I wanted to continue with the show. Just sort of asking for advice, asking for uh, feedback. Uh, thank you to those who did um, send me some feedback, some kind words. Uh, it is it is heartening when uh, you create something and you sort of create in a vacuum. Now, this, this applies to the author life as well, because I've seen a lot of people complain over the years about, <clears throat> you know, all the time and work and stress and hassle of being an author, um, because you are sort of working in a void for a while. And you, you know, you get that work out there and you don't see any immediate returns and you may not see returns for years. Um, and so that can be very disheartening and um, it can lead you to want to give up. And I encourage you not to give up um, if this is something you, you truly want in your life. Uh, they do say, I mean, I've said it too, um, if you're willing to do something for free, you know, then, then it means you'll love it. And uh you know, I've I've heard it phrased in another way that that is seems more negative to me, which is if you're not willing to do it for free, then you're not, <laughs> you shouldn't be doing it. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that uh, that phrasing, although I have myself used that from time to time. So <clears throat> I, I I much prefer saying that if you uh it, that you know the meaning of uh, a passion to do something, even if you do it for free, is that you uh you love it. 
that it is a passion, that it is something that's in your heart that you have to create. I, I like that. Um, so that's what the Word Slinger podcast has been for me for a while. What I'm questioning these days is, you know, should I, there, there has to come a point where I would wrap it up. Uh, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think that's right now. I'm starting to think that that's not right now. <laughs> so fickle. Um, anyway, I, you know, of course I love you guys and I enjoy doing the work. So that makes it much easier. Um, and, uh, you know, I get other returns on this, you know, not everything has to be about finances, of course. And that was never, that was never actually the thing that made me start to question this. Um, the investment of time, I was worried. I've, I have worried that it might be distracting me from the writing, but I've, I've actually come to a conclusion about, uh, creative work. I think that we, we, we're sort of built to do a variety of things and, uh, one creative endeavor can actually help you improve upon another creative endeavor. Um, my The example that came to mind over the weekend, because <clears throat> I, I just recorded the episode from last week, three days ago, my time. <laughs> I'm recording this one in advance so that I can get it uh, programmed, ready to go for Friday, uh, the Friday that I'm going to be out of town. Um I had this experience when I was in uh, the marketing agency world, uh, advertising world. Um, I worked for an agency to go unnamed, <laughs> lest, lest they be litigious. Um, but I worked for a local agency in the Houston area, a big agency, the biggest in the Houston area, actually. And uh, there, was a, uh, there was a weekend, uh, you may have heard of like the 48-hour film festival um, or film competition or whatever. It's probably, it's called numerous things. I think depending on the region you live in, it's a contest for people to get together, amateurs, hopefully, uh, but professionals as well. Anybody can participate. Uh, and, uh, you have a team and they draw topics and, and, uh, you get yours and you, you go make a film. Um, <clears throat> so, and you have 48 hours to do that. You have 48 hours to write, shoot, produce, edit, and, uh, and finalize your film. Uh, so it can be a little, <clears throat> it can be kind of intense. I'm sorry, I'm clearing my throat in your, in your ear. It can be a little intense, uh, and it, it does wear you out. It can be exhausting. So I worked for this agency, and they, um, they uh, decided after one of these weekends to make a blanket rule that no one is allowed to participate in 48-hour film uh, because, as they put it, they pay for our creative uh, energies, and if we're participating in something else that's creative outside of work, then um, we're stealing from them. <laughs> so it wasn't even about being tired when you came into work, because honestly, they've got no control over whether or not you're tired, whether or not you had to sit up with your baby all night, whether or not you had to, you know, drive in from out of town or, you know, something that would have uh, made you exhausted either way. Um, they've got no control over what you do with your free time necessarily. So they approached this as we're paying you, we own your creativity. And if you are, um, using that creativity elsewhere, then you are stealing from the company. <laughs> so I started thinking about that. I was talking to my wife about that this weekend. Um, and, um, <clears throat> I, we got into this whole very heated conversation cause that's what Kara and I do. Uh, we got into this whole heated conversation about, it's ridiculous to say 
that you know creativity used in one area of your life is going to you know subtract from the other area of your life it's not a zero sum game creativity gets fed by other creativity actually so that's what we've determined that's what i've determined what kara's determined um the uh, the more creative endeavors you embark upon Yes, there is a cost in time and energy. Um, sometimes you can be played out, and sometimes you get burned out. Uh, I think I get burned out from time to time. So what we need to do is find a balance, right? I need to find a balance for, you know, producing the show. Maybe I should put the show on hiatus uh, every now and then, which is basically what I did over the past month because of technical issues or whatever. But it gave me a chance to recharge, uh, to uh, come back to it, and once I did it, um, you know, I, I actually spent all that time dreading getting back to it. I'll be honest with you. I, dr- I had this feeling of dread because I didn't want to step right back into what I was doing before because I was exhausted by it. And then suddenly I did the show and I did things a little different. And boom, I'm, uh, I'm in. I'm uh, energized about it again. So <sighs> there you go. So uh, I think that your creative endeavors do feed uh, the rest of your creative life, and if you can um, shift your energy to something else for a little while, it can recharge the uh, the creative work that you're doing over here where you're burned out. Um, you know, I've that right now. Some of my books are on hold. Um, you know, I still try to write every day, uh, but I've, I'm in a bit of a slump when it comes to being enthusiastic about the writing. Um, uh, you know, so that happens to people. Maybe that happens to you, and you've been wondering if you're alone. You're not alone. You know, I'm 40 plus books in on this career and uh, doing pretty well with it, and uh, and I get burned out too. I've talked to other authors. Um, I've talked to some pretty hyper successful authors who experience the same thing. So I want this to be a word of encouragement to you, um, because. You hear a lot of advice. You get a lot of. Uh, there are a lot of things that happen in your in your life in your world uh, that can interrupt your your plans. And I don't want anybody walking away thinking um, I'm a failure because I'm not super enthusiastic about writing and publishing right now, or I'm a failure because I just don't have the energy to uh, to face the page right now. Um, you know, we talk about coming back to the writing every day. I do think writing is a daily skill you should practice. But I also think that uh, just like anything else, just like becoming a master at playing guitar or, you know, playing tennis or um, rock climbing, you got to have your downtime too. You got to have that rest. You got to let let the field lie fallow for a little bit so that you can come back and, and replant and grow. Um, so, you know, that's you're not walking away if you're taking a break. You're just taking a break. Anyway, um, that's me. I'm going to sip this cup of coffee now. Mmm, you want coffee now? <laughs> maybe you may be a, a teetotaler. Um, so we're gonna get we're ten minutes in. I'm gonna go ahead and move us into this interview. I talked with Megan and Greta uh, quite a while back now, so I owe them an apology for delays. I owe everybody. I got a whole list of uh, interviews that got pushed back by a month. So apologies all around. Um, but t- enough time went by that they actually changed the name of their book. Now they're you're, you're going to be able, you're going to hear us talking about, um, let me see if I can find, I want to make sure I, I get all this right. I, uh, the former title of the book was Aspiring to Author, A Guide to Your Publishing Career, but they have, I believe wisely, 
changed the title of the book to Publish, Take Charge of Your Author Career. Um, and taking charge of your author career, that is, that is, um, that's what, that's what it's all about. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview. They changed that title and that book went on sale as of September 4th so that we may be talking about it upcoming. Uh, but it is currently on sale. You'll be able to find links in the show notes of this episode. So I hope you're, I hope you're, I hope you enjoy this. <laughs> I hope you enjoy this interview with uh, Megan and Greta, and uh, I'll see you on the other side. I'm sure I have something pithy to say. So, see you there. Hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, sticking around through the intro. And uh, now this week, I'm talking to two people. Uh, you get two for the price of one. Um, and I always love doing these kind of interviews. Now, this is the first time I've done two people at once on Zoom. So, we're going we're gonna to see how this works out. I've done it on Skype, and it was problematic. So, since I've switched... Uh, programs. We'll see how it works out. But I'm talking to Megan Haskell and Greta Boris. Now, they're the authors of... Now, did I pronounce the, the names right? Let me make sure of that first off. You got it. Yep. Good. Bye. All right. I took a stab. I didn't <laughs> verify beforehand. All right. They're the authors of Aspiring to Author, A Guide to Your Publishing Career. Uh, they're also the directors of OC Writers, and we're going to talk about all of that, uh, plus their writing careers. Uh, so first of all, welcome to both of you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Like I said, or when we were chatting earlier, it's an honor. I've been listening to you for a couple of years. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, you're the one. You're the one who listens. So thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so tell me first, um, the first question I have for you, actually, I, I want to know what the uh, OC writers, I, I want to know what that is. Uh, you want me to start, Megan? Yeah, why don't you start since you were, you were in on the early days. Okay. Um, OC Writers actually grew out of NaNoWriMo, um, I can't remember what year, maybe a number of years ago, and uh, another author began it, and it started just as a write-in in in a coffee shop, and um, she grew the online community to about, oh, I don't know, a couple of hundred people, and then just was ready to move on, and asked me if I wanted to take over, so I did, and only when I got Megan to join me and um, (laughs) we turned it into more of a business and now we're about a thousand strong on uh, Facebook and growing our community and we have a you know a blog where many authors and writers um, contribute monthly and it's a blog on writing for writers but I think what makes us a little unique is that we also have an in-person presence so we're not only online we we do uh, writing workshops through the orange county public library and we do write-ins around the county and it's a it's a really fun group of people and very supportive yeah so oc stands for orange county then yes yes which i figured i didn't want to assume and it was missing the d so i know i knew it wasn't obsessive compulsive disorder it could have been (laughs) well there's some of that too. Yeah. yeah. OC writers. I, I'll start my own OC writers on my end. It'll be something totally different. Yeah. So that's very cool. Um, now that's a, so that's a writer's group. And, and uh, how long has it been going? How long do you say? Do you know, Megan? I, I think, I think it was nano in 2012. And then I actually joined in what, 2015, I think, or 2016. Um, no, it has to have been 2015. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, 
and, and that was kind of the cool thing. So when I joined, it was mostly in person and, and I went to a couple of writers roundtable events and other things that we've done. And since we've actually really tried to expand the online presence so that we can be, we're not just OC anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people sometimes get confused about that, but we're not just Orange County anymore. Now we have the, the virtual presence as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're really working hard to, to build out the website and, and trying to become a hub of resources and information for writers at all stages of their career. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the, uh, the just off the cuff perks that you get for being a member of OC writers? Well, you get our amazing newsletter. There you go. And, um, <laughs> we often have discounts for conferences. Uh, so writers digest when they ran their conference in LA, they contacted us and anybody, any of our people got $25 off and oh, yeah. that kind of thing. And then we have those, uh, we have free workshops through the library, um, pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you just get to hang out with me and Megan, which is right. which awesome. I'm, all right. I'm, I'm on the website now. I'm signing up now just, just for that. That, awesome. <laughs> we got Kevin Tomlinson. Now we're going no place fast. Um, so, <laughs> well, that's cool. Now, I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people who have founded uh, writers groups and who, uh, you know, really endorse them. Uh, I've never, I've never been big on joining writers groups for whatever reason. Um, I guess because I, ha- I have a community of writers. Maybe I have one. It's just not officially named or anything. So mm-hmm. what, uh, what, why would anybody choose uh, OC writers over, say, another group? Well, I think, I don't know that you, I hate to compare us to other groups. I think every group has its own purpose and its own set right. of goals. So for, for us, for OC writers, I mean, it's definitely in part the combination of the live events for the local OC people um and then it's also just the it's the community it's the support network and the uh willingness to share information and talk about issues and really support and motivate each other um a few of the things we do in the facebook group you know we have a monday motivation which is um some people use as accountability and then some people use just to kind of get their week started um and we have good news friday where everybody can share you know the great things that have happened in that week or, you know, whatever their, whatever their, their brilliant thing is that they've done. And sometimes that's quite frankly, just surviving the week, you know, yeah, and everybody yeah. <laughs> kind of gives them a little hooray. So it's, it's finding your tribe, um, yeah. I think mostly. Um, and then with the blog too, you know, we have um, a lot of really great authors who are contributing monthly or occasionally um, to share their, their knowledge, whether that's craft or whether that's marketing um so you know publishing whatever whatever their knowledge base is they're sharing that information for free on the blog and it's just kind of a really it's a really neat community because no one has the attitude that their way is the only way or their way is the best way you know everybody's different and everybody's doing something different um and that's okay and that's good you know so yeah yeah well, that's and, and and that's really what these things all come down to is that you know you want to be a part of a community that's supportive, nurtures you, keeps you accountable. Um, those are those are good traits. Yeah. <laughs> so now, uh, presumably, uh, with all this exposure to other authors and these programs, um, that stuff must be 
I'm going to just assume the stuff that inf uh, sort of informed the book, right? Uh, and the book is, I'm going to read the title again, authors, you guys are the authors of, I almost include that as the title, mm -hmm. authors of aspiring to author is the title. Mm -hmm. I yeah. finally got around to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is that, you know, is that drawing on your experience as the directors of uh, OC writers or as, as well as personal experience? Yeah. So it's, it was, it was born out of actually a course that Greta and I taught um, for the Southern California Writers Conference, mm -hmm. which the course was actually born out of a uh, weekly challenge that we did for OC writers. But basically, Greta and I come from different backgrounds, really. We, we, she is a traditionally published author. Um, I am indie published. Um, and so we taught this course that was basically trying to help authors who were either had a finished manuscript just starting out wanting to figure out what the next steps were um, or authors who were considering trying something new as far as their publishing journey um, and we wanted to help them with an overview of you know the, there's so much information out there and it's so overwhelming and everybody has great advice and it's all true right but it's too much for a lot of people um, when they're first starting out, especially. And so we, this is kind of a, a transitional guide to help authors figure it out. So we taught this course and we didn't have the book at the time and we got done with the course and everybody goes, okay, where's the book? And so <laughs> later we have the book. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a lesson for you. You yeah. should always have the book ready to go. I learned that a long time ago when I would do speaking engagements, like I would talk about like 30 day author but I didn't have the book at the time. <laughs> I think I missed, I probably missed the bulk of my sales yeah. <laughs> by not having the book. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, the other thing I would say too, is that we do have weekly write-ins and a lot of the write-ins they're in coffee shops and we'll have a, a time, maybe an hour, hour and a half where we just write and then we'll have a little discussion time. And often the people who come, are very early stages, they're not published. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you just start to hear the same questions over and over and over again. And you just figure, now we have aspiring to author on the shelf in the coffee shop that we work in, because now oh. when the same question comes up over and over and we're really kind of getting sick of answering it, we can just point to the book and say, it's right there on the shelf, go buy it. <laughs> so, I mean, Yours for only, uh, yeah. yeah uh yeah that's that's smart uh the the coffee shop is are they carrying the book yes they're mm. the best coffee shop ever if you come to orange county we will take you there they okay. have, the uh, owner of the coffee shop is writing her memoir and she's got bookshelves and anybody in oc writers can put their books up for sale and they sell them so it's really really yeah really really great shout out to patch coffee in uh, lake forest patch California. Coffee. Mm -hmm. Patch Coffee in Lake Forest, California, you said. Yes. Yep. All right. Yeah. Shout out to them. They're great. But. I'm taking that as an invitation. I'll be there uh, so that you guys can take me to, to Patch Coffee. Oh, I'm, I'm down with any coffee shop. It, <laughs> you had me as soon as you said coffee shop. I was coming in anyway. Yeah. Uh, if, if you tell me they serve scotch there, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe be there over the weekend. After hours, she will definitely, <laughs> she'll serve anything you want. She's great. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay, cool. So, all right. So this is, this developed out of the course. Uh, what are some of the things that people can uh, sort of expect to learn once they pick up the book? 
Well, one of the things that we did that I think was a little unique, um, there's a lot of books out there that are about independent publishing and how to independently publish. There's a lot of books out there about um, traditional publishing and how to get an agent and query and all that. But there wasn't anything that really did this kind of compare and contrast that we saw. And um, Megan and I are very different personality types, which is why I wanted her and recruited her immediately. I'm a musician. I can count to eight and that's about it. Megan is a spreadsheet queen. She's amazing. I mean, we're just very, very different. And so we work really well together. And we began to realize that's one reason I gravitate more toward traditional publishing and she toward indie. Megan never did, I'll let her tell her story, but she never did do the pitch everybody a thousand times and get rejected and all that. She was listening to the likes of Joanna Penn and kind of decided the indie path was for her right. from day one. But we also realized that not everybody is cut out for either path, you know, that, that um, depending on your personality type and your skill set, you're definitely more suited for one than another. So we uh, created a very scientific publishing personality test that we invented. And, right. um, and so we start with the publishing personality test and we try to help people discover which path is really the best path for them or their particular project. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and, and you're saying that there's a benefit here, not just for the indie author, but for also the aspiring traditionally published author. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, because when we were, and, and I'll, I won't have the whole thing, but when we were in, um, at the conference, you know, typically in a writer's conference, you get a lot of people walking in who think, I, I'm, I need an agent and I need to pitch the big five and that's the way to go. And right. And so, and that is definitely a path, but um, so this class, we kind of help them discover, is that really the best for you? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And then when they walked out, uh, we tried to give them the, the basics and a little bit of equipment for whatever path they chose to pursue. Yeah. Did I answer your question? I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Now, what's interesting about this is that there is a some there's sort of by necessity a comparison between indie and traditional. Um, and I and by the way, I mean, and I'm very much indie, and I'm the voice of indie publishing and all that stuff. But um, like a lot of indie authors, you know, I would I would get into a traditional contract if the terms were right, and if you know if I thought it was going to serve me and my readers. Um, but you guys are in a unique position to sort of compare and contrast the two. Like, what are some of the differences or really what are some of the similarities? I'd like to start there. Like, what are things that, that people should keep in mind about both? Well, I think for both, um, you have to be organized, right? You have to kind of know what your goals are and what your purpose is. So, right. um, it's, it's, it's probably easier to contrast and, and kind of compare the personalities a little bit, but yeah. like for, you know, for indie publishing, right. I, I like to say I'm a project manager for my own business, right? Okay. So mm -hmm. I am finding all the pieces, all the service providers, doing all the legwork, all the research, you know, writing contracts, et cetera, to make sure that I'm putting out the best product I possibly can. So obviously right. that takes a huge amount of organization. 
what sometimes gets overlooked is that the traditional path takes a lot of organization as well. Even though you you might not be hiring a cover designer or a formatter or an editor, um, because you're gonna get that theoretically anyway, or ideally from your um, future right. publisher, you still have to do research on agents. You still have to do research on the kinds of publishers that you might wanna work with. Um, you know, Everybody automatically thinks big five, but there's also a ton of great small presses out there. And Greta can speak to that a little bit better than I can. Um, but when you're going through this process, you still have to stay organized. You have to follow the instructions on the website. Exactly. That's one of the things we talk about. <laughs> Go to the website, look at their submission guidelines, and right. follow them. Exactly. Doesn't matter if you're talking to a cover designer or an agent. You follow it. Exactly. You act right. professionally. Um, and you keep track of who you've queried and who you've um, reached out to and, and that kind of stuff as well. So I think the organization is probably one of the biggest similarities between the two paths. Um, and then nowadays it's also author platform. You know, everybody has to have a platform. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you have to work at it. Um, even if you're an introvert, you have to be on social media at least a little bit. You have to do, you know, um, some, of the, some of the even paying for your own ads maybe, or um, different ways to get your book out there. Um, because the publishers can only do so much and, and their budget is getting smaller and smaller. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's my that's that, probably that... comparison, but, but it really comes down to what your goals are, you know, and who you mm -hmm. are and what your skill sets are. Yeah. And I, that's, that to me, that's the nutshell of the whole business really is comes down to your goals and your skills and what you're capable of that, that idea of the platform is something that, I think a lot of authors hear that and they don't always understand what it means. So what I, I know what my platform is. Uh, what do you mean by platform? Well, Oh, do you want go ahead, Megan? You, you, guys, platform discussion. you guys can fight it out if you want. That yeah. makes for a much more interesting show. <laughs> Greta, go ahead. Oh, okay. So we did divide the book into, uh, I swear I'll get to the answer to your question. Um, That's fine. Unlike, unlike last time. You go whatever <laughs> route makes you comfortable. I'm good with we, it. We did divide the book into four sections. And the first two sections really are more separated. Like, here's the indie path. Here's the traditional path. Uh, by the time we get to sections three and four, it's the same for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're indie or traditional. And that's where we start to talk about platform. And, and um, platform to me can be anything from sort of a, a marketing personality, your, your presence, who you are, um, getting that presence online uniform across. Like, for instance, my first book was... Um, was called the wine and chocolate workout and it was written when I was very involved in the fitness industry and I was a personal trainer. Um, I don't do that anymore. And um, that was one of my big platform changes when I started uh, fiction and, you know, I got a web designer and we separated the websites and, you know, so that you're giving the same message across, across all your, your uh, media sites. Right. 
And uh, so I, th I think that, and deciding what that is, and of course it, it will morph. You know, I can't wait until somebody calls me the queen of suspense, but they haven't yet. So yeah. that is not my tagline at this point. But. Ironically, people call me the queen of suspense all the time. Huh? <laughs> I wait, I thought you were the voice of indie publishing. Hey, a fella can be both. Okay. A fella can be more than one thing. That's this, true. This, we live in a modern time. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Well, I'm going to duke it out with you for the queen. All right. All right. Deal. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, now, okay, you, uh, Megan, I think you were going to interject something on platform as well, right? Well, yeah, I'm not yeah. putting you on the spot. Uh, Don't let me put you on the spot. I just no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, um, so author platform is... It, but in broad strokes, it's your fan base and how you find them and how you present yourself. Okay. Um, so kind of building off of what Greta was saying too, it's, it's branding and to use the, you know, the business term, you gotta have your brand. Um, so like for me, for my fiction, like I have this, um, it's a little design for the title and I've used that now across everything so that I have very standardized people know it's my book. They know it's my my Twitter account because I've got these images um, that immediately reference um, my work. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of it. And then it's finding your tribe, you know, it's having fingers sometimes in a lot of places, but, but concentrating on the areas where you can find people who love your work. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have a Facebook page, I've got a Twitter account, I've got all that stuff. Um, and that's all part of it, but it's really coming down to getting those fans, getting those first reviewers, having them help to spread the word and, and starting to build that base of people so that ultimately, it's really hard with your first book. I'm gonna throw yeah. that out there right now. It's, it's practically impossible, I think, unless you've got something very niche and very cool, which I have seen done, but it's hard before you publish that first book to start building an audience. Um, right. Unless you're on Wattpad or, I mean, I guess there are other ways to do it, but if you're just There's writing- There's always magic. There's always <laughs> sacrificing right. small animals under a full moon, that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but as you continue to put out more books and grow, what you want to see is that your fans are sticking around. They're not leaving you behind or forgetting about you and your work because you're not online. Mm -hmm. um, they don't know where to look for you. So it's having the website, the Facebook page, other things where they can go and always know what's coming out next and where you can stay in touch and having a newsletter where you can go out and reach them and having that continuously grow so that with each book, your launch is better and better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're going to hopefully every, hopefully I beat the goal, right? Is that you're, you launch a book and every book has a bigger launch than the last. They've got right. more sales on that first day or that first week, you know? And the way right. to do that is just to stay in touch with people. So what's uh, the, one of the questions I get a lot, uh, especially from the, the crowd I call the will be authors um, is when they hear that about building a mailing list, building a platform, the qu first question is like, where do I start with that? So I'm going to pass the buck on that question to you guys. Uh, Cause my answers I, I think work, but I want to hear what other people say. Cause this is a tough thing. I mean, it's a tough thing to start building a mailing list, list from scratch. So uh, how do you attract those first few uh, readers and fans? Well, um, you know, it's hard. 
because there's a lot of voices out there and, and you have to compete. I, I think one of the things that's worked very well for me and I think also has worked for Megan is cr cross promotion. If you can find authors or join a cross promotion um, event that write in a similar genre to you yeah. and they're willing to tell their people about you, I, I think these days that's working pretty well. I mean, if you can, if, if you can get an author who's farther ahead than you to endorse you in some way and share you in some way with their people, that's gold. Yeah. Absolutely gold. And um, I think that's, uh, that's a big part of it. And then another big part of it, I think is just consistency. Mm -hmm. uh, the more I, I have people, I had a mailing list for my um, person, my uh, fitness book before I started fiction and I thought, oh, I'm going to lose them all. But I sent them all a couple of emails and I said, I'm not going to be writing about eating chocolate and drinking wine and doing burpees anymore. I'm going to, I'm moving on to fiction, guys. You can come with me or you can stay behind. And I had not that many unsubscribes. I invited them to unsubscribe and I kept probably at least three quarters of them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a nice start. And then I've been growing it with um, cross promotion. And then of course I uh, have a free, you gotta have something free on your site to get them right. to, to tempt them to put their email address in. Let, let me ask you then, well, how, how much of that do you figure um, those, those readers stuck around because of, uh, because they like you uh, rather than they were interested in the content you were about to start producing? It's because they like me. Yeah. Really it is because I can see, I probably get more when I run a sale. I probably, I have the two lists separated so that I can um, test them. Right. But I think I get more sales from the people who come in through author cross promotions and things like that than I do my old list. But mm -hmm. I have much better open rate from my old list than I do so I think that sometimes the old list, they, they, they just want to keep up with you and what you're doing and they like you. And I've certainly sold some books to them, right. but, uh, but I do think the reader list, it's, it's a different community. They don't really care that I'm taking my dog to the dentist. You know, they just want to know when the next book is and how, what the price is going to be. My old list, they want to know I'm taking my dog to the dentist. You right. know, so it's, a, it's a slightly different community. Yeah. I've, I recently started, um, I changed my whole approach to my marketing uh, as far as my list, you know, and I started doing more like telling them I'm taking the dog to the dentist kind of stuff. And what I noticed was that my uh, open rates have increased. My click through has increased. Engagement has increased. Everything's even sales. Everything's has increased since then. So I think you're onto something with the uh, dog dentist stuff. Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to write a blog post about it now. You just convinced sure. me. That's you want to write one for draft to digital on my dog to the dentist. Yeah. I'd love to. Absolutely. Yeah. This yeah. is an open invitation live on air. So I'm committed. I'm committed yeah. now, but I would love to see that. I would, I think our authors would love to see that. So. Okay. Just throwing I, that out there. That's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, propositioning people on air. What's that? I said, I'd be happy to do it. It sounds like, it sounds like a real challenge. Yeah. How to work dog to dentist around with writing. I mean, that's a good, that's a good brain tweaker. I like yeah, it. I think, I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, Megan, what about your, community uh like how how did you start and how did you build your group 
So uh, for me, I released, when I released my first book, um, I of course had basically zero audience. Um, so what I did was I released a short story along with it. Um, and I did put it up on Amazon. It is still available on Amazon for 99 cents. Mm -hmm. um, but if you went to my website, you could get it for free. And that's how I got people onto my newsletter. Um, but my advice is always start where you already are. So if you are a big Twitter user, and I'm not, but if you're a big Twitter user, start there, start talking about your writing, start talking about your projects, start talking about your habits. When do you right. write? Why do you write? What's going on? Um, and you'll start to attract those followers. And then as you get good at one social media site or one avenue, um, start expanding into others. So you've got your Twitter, Twitter followers or whatever. Now say, hey, I just opened up my website. Come check it out. And oh, by the way, sign up for my newsletter. Right? So yeah. you start to bring those people um, to you rather than just to Twitter or to Facebook or whatever it is. Right. Um, so start with what you already like and then slowly add on new things, try them out one by one. I mean, I've, I've played around with Pinterest. I, I had um, like image boards for my books um, and I've kind of fallen off. I, I never really yeah. had a great audience there. Um, I've tried Instagram. I've tried, I mean, Facebook is where I'm, have the largest presence right. um, and that seems to be working fairly well for me. Um, and I play around with Twitter some, but, but yeah, just follow your own interests and your own um, where you already are, like I said, and then also think about your audience too. So if you write right. YA, that might be a little bit different. If you're 50 years old and you write YA and you don't know what Snapchat is, right there is a certain amount of know your audience in involved in that you know my wife so i you know i'm big on facebook uh twitter i like and i used to be much bigger on twitter than i am now but i i um i'm starting to kind of dip back into twitter actually but uh my wife is all about pinterest and she's yeah. all about you know those things and she has tried for years now to get me to start posting stuff she'll, she'll read an article that says so-and-so author has a million followers on Pinterest and sells a million books a month or something. And so now I have to be on Pinterest. I just cannot, I, I, I'm a pretty tech savvy guy, uh, but for some reason, Pinterest eludes me. Like I just can't get into it. <laughs> it's so confusing to me. My uh, publisher, we use Pinterest just for covers. Mm -hmm. So I'm always supposed to put up, you know, inspirational pictures on Pinterest so that the art director can go and check them out and see what I'm thinking about for the next book cover. Right. Um, I, it's, a, it's such a project because I can't figure out how to get it in the right board. And then she, I'm, it, I'm a complete idiot on Pinterest. Yeah. Um, one more thing though about platform building, I wanted to bring up kind of a sure. dirty subject with a lot of authors. So I'm going to go uh, I like dirty controversial on you guys, but in-person events, I yeah. think if you um, are not completely shy and introverted and terrified, uh, in-person events are a good way to pick up followers too. And it's a different kind of follower because they feel committed. They feel kind of like they know you. Um, and, and I actually just recently, and I, I won't bring up a name because uh, he was amazing, but this author was obviously terrified of public speaking and he admitted it but he was still so amazing and just even that little 
admitting he was terrified. We were all on his side. And right. I think the guy sold a ton of books and I know I'm signing up for his website and, you know, I want to support him. So I think even if you're frightened, getting up in front of people, that is just a wonderful way to, um, to build your audience. And, and I know it's scary, but, and no, hardly anybody gets sent on a book tour anymore. Um, you know, unless you're huge, uh, you don't even, even if you're traditionally published, you don't get sent on a book tour, but there's a lot of things you can do yourself. Uh, get yourself out of the bookstore and into other places. Um, last year we did some events at wineries Mm-hmm. And um, we were doing a couple this year too. In May, we're going to be doing one celebration of women authors. And I'm a wino, and I sing at these wineries. And my swag is a wine glass. I should have one with me so I could show it to you. But it says a margin of lust on the wine glass. Uh, that's the name of my first book. Okay. So I mean, just even that has been a fun way to meet people who might not have thought about picking up my book, but then it's like, oh, she writes here in Orange County. She writes about wine. I love wine. Yeah. You know, it was, it's a a nice way to, it's a little slower than doing some big promotion, online promotion or something like that. But uh, I think the people you do pick up are, they feel committed to you in a different way. Right. Yeah. Well, it's more, it's more personable. Right. Which is something I'm very much, that's my buzzword right now is personable. Like everything I do is geared toward having that very uh, personal feeling relationship with the reader because they do respond to that. And of course I'm a ham everywhere I go ends up being an event because, uh, and my wife rolls her eyes, but you know, if we go to get the car serviced and we're sitting in the waiting room with, with a hundred people waiting on our cars, you know, give me 10 minutes. And and that's a, uh, basically it's as good as a book signing. I mean, because I, I, I waste no opportunity to mention to people that, you know, by the way, I'm an author. I write books. I, I write thrillers. No I opportunity hang, wasted. I need to hang around with you. I, I'm not quite as good at that as you are. At, I would like to follow you around for a couple of days and pick up your techniques. Well, carry cards with you because I never remember to do that. <laughs> Bookmarks. 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 Right. Actually, it's just cumbersome to carry that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, easier if you have a purse, but no, I actually handed out bookmarks at my, my martial arts class the other day. Oh, excellent. <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah, no, that, that's in the, I think uh, there are these little pockets of opportunity that we, we need to somehow be prepared for. Um, it is the business card of the bookmark. You know, that's something that's very handy. If you happen to have a stack of those with you, that's very handy. <laughs> it's just, you know, but that's one of the reasons, you know, I, I try to keep a couple of URLs memorized that I can just rattle off to people. That doesn't always help though, unless they've got, I'm going to, I swear to you, there's got to be a solution, you know, something I can just send you from my phone while we're sitting there. It's got to be something. <laughs> if, you, if you invent that, I'll invest. And we right. can start a business because I, I think that's, I think that would be a really great way to do it to just, um, you know, somebody's interested, just have something you could send them right yeah. there on their phone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause everybody's got a phone. So. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so you guys, uh, and we're getting close and I want to, I want to wrap things up, but I wanted to talk a little bit about your, both of your, uh, fiction careers as well. Um, now do you don't, the two of you don't write in the same genre. I don't 
believe, right? No. no I'm seeing, no one else can see this, but I'm seeing heads shake. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys thumb wrestle on who wants to go first, but uh, I'd love to hear about what you guys write regularly. Why don't you go first, Megan? Because I just did a bunch of talking. All right, all right. <laughs> Trying to take turns and play nice. <laughs> so I write the Sanyari Chronicles, which is was probably not the best title choice, but I one of my earliest mistakes. But I love the word. So anyway, it's Sanyari. It's S A N Y A R E Chronicles, um, and it's basically. Uh, it's kick-ass female heroine um, fantasy adventure. And okay. uh, so, so we start uh, book one with Rie, who is a human who has been raised by elves in the High Court of Fairy. And uh, she's treated as a kind of a servant and a, or almost a slave. Um, but then she's framed for treason. And so she has to go on this adventure, this quest to find out, you know, her true heritage and why she was targeted. Um, so it's a, it's an adventure story, quest kind of coming of age story to start out with. And, and, uh, there are three books in the series so far. I'm working on the fourth right now. And then I also have a, um, a series of short stories that are going to slowly be coming out over the next couple years, um, featuring the early adventures of her mentor, Lord Garamayan. Um, and so that actually starts, I, I'm in an anthology that's set to release here in a couple weeks and, uh, it's the Ragged Heroes Anthology. And then if you sign up for my newsletter, um, after, after the anthology comes out, you get the second short story for free. So that's my okay. site. Yeah. Excellent. That's, uh, I'm looking at your site right now. That's why I'm all, I went all vacant on you. Uh, <laughs> so uh side question is your site built on squarespace it is <laughs> okay i could tell by the and i mine is too and i could tell by the uh the little uh, splash page open thing that you had so yeah yeah, yeah. i'm a yeah, big fan of squarespace so <laughs> i i am too i really like it it's really easy i i do sometimes struggle with the imagery especially like on that opening page because if you view yeah. it on you know mobile versus you know your desktop or whatever it it shifts sometimes funny, yeah. um, but uh, and which actually always, my husband's a software engineer and has designed some websites and stuff and it always drives him nuts. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but I do love it because it's so easy and I can, I can do it myself. And I, and I think it looks, I think it looks pretty good. So. <laughs> no, it looks good. And you got some great covers. <laughs> Thank all you. right. So, all right, Greta, what do you, you, you said something about queen of suspense. So I'm, I was taking a guess. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna let you describe. And I see your book back there, the, the Scent of Wrath. I can see it in the background there. Well, yes. That's smart. That's and product here, placement. I didn't do that on purpose. And here's the margin of loss. <laughs> first book in the series. Okay. Uh, um, so, now you didn't do that on purpose, but I in fact did do that. If you right there, you can see the that's my book. That's one oh, yes? of my books. So I, do. I totally did that on purpose. I'm not gonna. I'm not I'm, gonna lie. From now on, I will do that. <laughs> yes, I will. Thank you. All right. And so um, I do. I, the series I'm working on now that I have the contract for is domestic suspense. So along the lines of a, of a girl on the train um, oh, yeah. or a Ruth Ware kind of, a, kind of books. Um, and I'm writing The Seven Deadly Sins. So the first book is The Margin of Lust, um, and that is about a, 
and all of them take place in Orange County. I like to say that my work is kind of like a real housewife of Orange County meets Dante's Inferno. Okay. <laughs> also kind of like my life. So yeah, so the um, first book is A Margin of Lust and it takes place mostly in Laguna Beach uh, and it revolves around real estate. Uh, the second book is called The Scent of Wrath, the one you see behind me. Um, that one moves inland a little bit and um, it's about a, a single mother who is being left very strange messages and she thinks stalked and she's trying to protect the life of her son. And so it's sort of a mother-child suspense. And then the one that I'm doing edits on and turning in now, which will be out in August, is The Sanctity of Sloth. <laughs> Coming up with these names, I gotta do one book per sin. Um, and that one takes place mostly in the San Juan Capistrano mission. And it's a, a little unusual, a little bit more of an unusual premise. I'm very excited about it. And um, if you've ever been to any of the California missions, they're just so atmospheric. And so that one is, a lot of it is set there. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, and, and of course, you know, like every author, I got a bajillion ideas for other mystery series and things I wanna write, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gotta write faster. <laughs> I was listening to your podcast about writing on your phone and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing, but I just don't know if I could do that. But. You know, and I've had so that I have to tell you, I've interviewed some huge names on this show. I've interviewed people on a huge variety of topics. That one episode is the most popular episode of this show's entire run. I've had so many people <laughs> reach out to me about writing on their phone. Um, and I have people, you know, tell me that they, they use the phone, but they use a Bluetooth, Bluetooth keyboard and that's fine too. So something, to, just something to consider. It's good I, to have it with you. Cause then you can edit, you can add a sentence or two, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I use it kind of as a supplement. Now I was, I wrote most of my last book, this book um, on, um, on my phone using the on-screen keyboard That's as a way amazing. to kind of test it out so yeah amazing <laughs> I've been and by the way editing on my on my scrivener app but uh, on my phone and yeah. now i use Scrivener on my ipad that's actually my primary work device yeah that's that's me too um but uh on my phone yeah i sit in taekwondo and i can do a little editing but i haven't been able i, I can't get into the right headspace for some reason yeah yeah that's fine. You got to do, you got to do what works, right? You got to use the, the tools and the process that, that will get the book done. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, Greta, uh, kudos on, on choosing something somewhat finite uh, to base your books around the, the whole seven sins thing. Not like uh, Sue Grafton's alphabet books, which, you know, know, may she rest in peace, but we'll never see Z. I know. <laughs> I, that, I find that so tragic. Um, yeah. And that her family won't, because I, I, I thought she had some outlines going for Z, but they won't allow any ghostwriter to come in and help. But, but I yeah. just think that's wrong. <laughs> I know. I agree. The, in my Seven Deadly Sins series, each book has its own protagonist that's mm -hmm. introduced in the book before. Um, okay. Because I never felt like I had a character yet that was interesting enough to carry a series, but I think I do. And I think I'm about to start one, but I am thinking about that, like give myself some kind of a finite number yeah. because you're right. It can just drag on and you can get really bored with it. And I, I don't know how Lee Childs can keep doing it. You know, I, uh, he is 
he's got a lot of rage. <laughs> he's fueled by whiskey and cigars and <laughs> it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. Well, uh, okay. Well, we're at time. We're gonna wrap up. Um, I appreciate both of you uh taking the time to chat with me. Where where can people find you guys online? I'm at oh we're both talking. <laughs> I'm at GretaBoris.com, which is my name. And that's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah, and I'm I'm at MeganHaskell.com, so same. Um, and then together for aspiring to author, we are at aspiringtoauthor.com. And then Excellent. there's also ocwriters.network, which yes, I wish we had the dot com, but we don't. So network. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dot network. Actually dot network. Dot network. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I, I didn't even know that was a domain name. Well, uh, you have to be super intelligent to join OC Writers. And that was right? Correct question. You know, if you if you can't remember OC Writers.network, well, then maybe you just don't have the smarts. Maybe, maybe you're not in. Yeah, I'm totally. Yeah, who uh, who knows if I'll make it now? Who knows? <laughs> you will. Well, we're uh, a network of published and aspiring authors. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. There you go. You brought it back around. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, of course, everybody listening and watching, uh, go check out those domains. You'll find all those in the show notes. Don't worry if you didn't have a chance to write it all down. Um, Right this second, you're probably hearing the groovy bridge music. You may dance in place at will. And uh, thank you to my two guests for uh, taking the time to chat with me and be on the show. Thank you so much, guys. I really do appreciate it. Well, thank you for having us. This was great. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. Thank you. Your book the way it was meant to be heard with a fully custom soundtrack based on your material. An album of music that perfectly fits your characters, your settings. Hear your book today. SonataInscribe.com Hey, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Megan Haskell and Greta Boris. Um, and uh, once again, the title of that book is Publish, Take Charge of Your Author Career. Uh, can't recommend uh, that concept more highly. <laughs> Taking charge of your author career. You know, we talked about before the interview <clears throat> the um, the idea of taking a break every now and then and uh, in embarking on other creative endeavors in order to recharge your batteries. And I think that is, um, I think that's astoundingly important. I think that when we become authors, particularly the the, the flavor of author that we are, uh, because if you're listening to this show, there's a, I'm going to just, to make up a number entirely, as my father would say, um, I, I'm going to say there's a 99% chance that we are the same type of author. Not that we write the same genre, not that we, um, you know, not, not that we have uh, similarities across the board, but the, the way in which we've pursued an author and publishing career <clears throat> is very similar. I, I, I'm going to one day write the definitive guide to author types. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a blog post. Um, but there's, um, there is uh, the traditional author. Uh, there is now the hybrid author, which I, I think everyone is going to move toward the uh, hybrid author model. Um, there, in the self-publishing world, though, there, there seem to be some silos that have emerged and uh, they're interesting because there's, and I need to come up with, with clever names for all of them, but there's the, the type of author that, uh, that believes that, or that only wants to sell print books, that thinks that being an author is only about selling print books. 
and he or she, you know, generally goes with like a vanity press or something similar, pays thousands of dollars for um, uh, print copies, and, and then drives to conferences and events and, and bookstores and sells copies out of his or her uh, car or suitcase or something like that. Um, there, then there is the slightly more savvy, I think, um, indie author or self-published author who is, uh, uh, maybe doing that, but probably is using a print on demand service instead does probably have, um, eBooks, but thinks of eBooks as a secondary market. Um, still buys copies of the books and travels with them, but is a little more savvy about the marketing. Uh, there's that group. Um, they tend to be a little more adaptive. Um, and then there is what I call now I'm starting to refer to as the indie author. I mean, you hear me say indie author a lot, but I'm starting to refer to this group specifically as the indie author group. Um, and they are the folks like us. Now the, I, I think there may be some subgroups in here, but the folks who, uh, probably primarily rely on eBooks, uh, eBooks for their income, um, who are definitely marketing savvy, who've adapted the uh, internet marketing uh, techniques in order to uh, boost their careers, um, who are out there actively learning, participating in the podcasts, uh, joining Facebook groups like like 20 Books to 50K, uh, Michael Anderley's uh, group. Um, that group of authors I refer to as indie authors, independent authors. You're not just self-publishing. You're owning your author career. That's what I think Megan and Greta have uh, tapped into with uh, this book and their program. So um, definitely check that out. If you're interested, you can find links to the book, to their website, everything in the show notes of this episode at uh, wordslingerpodcast.com. This is this is episode 150. Dude, don't give me a line. <laughs> we'll call it 159. Uh, man, I really need to start writing those down. And I, I have it, I have it written, and I can't find it. <laughs> what? How lame is that? Anyway, um, go find that episode, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll have all the links you need in the show notes of that episode. Um, so this uh, this week, right now, I'm at Nink. I'm doing probably doing my presentation the uh, right around the time this goes live actually. Uh let's see. 11 it's 11 a.m. Eastern time, so that would be uh 10 a.m. Central. Did I get that right? Yeah. So there we're an hour ahead there. Um so 10 a.m. Central. So the the show should go live probably around 7 a.m. uh Central time. So you you should be you're probably fine. But if you're if you're listening to it on the day it releases, uh, there's a real good chance you're listening to it while I'm doing my presentation there. Come around. If you're in the Florida area, if you're near Tampa, close enough to uh, swing through, we are going to have a Saturday night in the Shark Tooth Tavern. Um, draft of Digital is going to be buying you drinks and uh, plying you with booze and trying to get you up on the stage with a microphone in your hand. I will be singing. Uh, I sing... Every every time someone mentions karaoke, I automatically start singing. So it's a it's a given. Uh, so <laughs> swing by, and uh, we'll buy you some booze, and uh, we'll see we'll, we'll listen in and uh, see what your chops are. Um, I mentioned also, so I'll be in Seattle in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to be there on my birthday. So uh, 
it's just, it's just kind of the way it worked out. Kara is, uh, you know, she's a project manager with um, Office Depot's corporate division, uh, and she'll be managing a project in that area in Redmond. So uh, I'm going to fly up with her and just hang out with her for the week. Um, so she'll be working. I'll probably be working. I I just don't get away from work, really, honestly. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I'll be there, and uh, we'll, uh, you know, uh, maybe I, I need to shoot some video. i got my private channel on YouTube that's... Uh, I promised everyone I was back, and then I did two two uh, two videos and <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> it's all part of that um, overtaxing myself creatively, I guess. Um, so uh, yeah, I'll do I'll do some stuff there. Um, if you're in the area, let me know. Maybe we can get together for a cup of coffee. I hear Seattle's got coffee. We'll uh, we'll grab a cup of Joe. Um, after that, in November, uh, so we'll be at 20 books to 50K, uh, and I don't know the exact dates, but we will be at 50, uh, 20 books to 50K uh, for, in Vegas, and then um, Kara and I will actually be traveling to Salt Lake City. We're probably going to road trip that one. We were going to take the RV, but I've got some news on the RV. The RV is now right now in Florida, at West Beach, Florida. Um we have transferred it from Outdoorsy to uh, a, a company called Luxury RV Rental. Um, only because uh, you may have heard the episode with, uh, with Colin uh, from Outdoorsy. And uh, we really liked Outdoorsy. I really, I really liked working with them. The only downside for me was I needed someone to actually manage the RV on my behalf because I'm just not around enough. I'm, I travel pretty frequently. And... Uh, you know, I don't have the, I don't have a, the resources to be able to uh, do the walkthroughs and, you know, get people up to speed, and sign all the paperwork, and do all that stuff, uh, and hand the keys over for the RV. So I, we were missing out on thousands of dollars of rentals, and so we uh, we decided we needed to find a company to manage it. So that that company is now managing the RV rental. We decided on Florida rather than some of their other locations because uh, we figure people will fly into Florida for Disney World. The odds go up. This is the uh, this RV will rent for a lot less than most of the other RVs in their fleet. So this is a real inexpensive alternative for people. We liked it. We like that. <laughs> it means less money for us, uh, but it also means more. <clears throat> we think more rentals. So over time, it'll be. Um, a better deal but you know one of the big advantages of this also is that now i no longer have to pay for rv storage um there's some insurance and other considerations that they're going to be taking care of for me more coffee hold on mm. um <clears throat> but uh yeah we think that's going to be a good move so if you are uh interested in the whole rv thing man you know i'm tied into this um i've been talking to joe and kate russo who are in china right now which is uh, fascinating. I can't wait to start seeing some of the videos they produce there. Uh, I know they were kind of taking a little hiatus from production for a bit too. So <laughs> see, it's going around. I'm telling you, everybody needs a break every now and then. Um, all right. After uh, November, <clears throat> I think we're pretty clear. I'll have the holidays. I'm probably going to put the show on hiatus for the holidays um, because it just gets too. I do this every year, honestly. So this is nothing new, but it just gets a little difficult to produce the show over the Christmas break, uh, Christmas and New Year's. Um, 
even around Thanksgiving, basically from around Thanksgiving to after New Year's, it can be a little tough. Um, but we'll see what we can do. We'll see how we can make things work. I, I after taking the the uh, break that I did, uh, maybe it's a little unfair to not not pop back up. So we'll see. Uh, but then uh, in February is the next conference, I believe, and I'll be going to Smarter Artist Summit, the final Smarter Artist Summit, the last of its kind, the last of its breed. Uh, so if you're if you're able to make any of these, I would love to see you come come uh, look me up. Ask me questions about draft to digital, about Wordslinger podcast, about my own work, whatever, or just uh, let's chat. And uh, I generally I can buy you booze and stuff at most of these things. So <laughs> it's on me. It's on draft to digital actually. If I'm traveling on behalf of draft to digital and we happen to be in a bar, I will buy the drinks. There you go. So uh, pop on by. Um, that's pretty much it. We're gonna go ahead and wrap things up. Let me know what's going on in your world. Uh, there anything uh, anything I should uh, know about in the indie publishing world? There's some really interesting stuff happening right now. You know, Amazon uh, sh- is shutting down or has shut down CreateSpace and migrating everything over to KDP Print. So that's big news. I may not be doing the news segment uh, anymore, but I I don't that doesn't stop me from knowing things. <laughs> um, so you got stuff like that going on. Uh, there's a whole lot of things, man. There's a lot of swirling stuff happening in the indie publishing world. Uh, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll dip into that upcoming. Um, I've got some, some interviews in the can that are going to make for great shows for you. I'm talking to, uh, soon and I'm going to time this to release uh, pretty close to, uh, November. Uh, so look for this in October, maybe in the next couple of weeks. But I'm, I talked to Grant Faulkner, who is, uh, who's with uh, NaNoWriMo. Uh, we were talking about, you know, what his role there and uh, the program itself, you know, every everything you ever wanted to know about NaNoWriMo. Um, I'm, uh, I got a chat with Matthew Thrush, my good friend. He's a six-figure ghostwriter. He's going to tell you all about how to get into that line of work, if that's something you're interested in. I'm bringing back Christian Brown. You may remember, you may remember him from a previous episode. Uh, he's a fantasy writer. He's got some cool, cool stuff. I um I interviewed Jack Carr, who is kind of new to the scene, but he's a big hit in the uh, thriller world. Uh, kind of a, uh, we'll say he was mentored by Brad Thor. <laughs> he's he's come in. Uh, he's doing a, he's he's doing fantastic, and I uh, can't wait to get that interview out in front of you. Uh, I talked to Michael Anderley again. I got uh, Nick Thacker. We're talking about. Uh, his uh, Sonata and Scribe, so you're going to want to hear about that. You hear commercials for that in the uh, episodes now. Sonata and Scribe is a, is a cool service where he'll create a soundtrack for your books. So um, more people than I can name off, honestly. Uh, so got to get cracking. We're going to get some episodes recorded and uh, get them out to you. So hope you're excited. Uh, again, if you've got, you know, if you want to pop in and tell me anything, uh, t- tell me what you're getting out of the show. Tell me how, if you appreciate it or not. I understand. Um, just uh, pop into wordslingerpodcast.com or tag me on Twitter or Facebook uh, if you want. Um, look me up. If you look up Kevin Tomlinson, you're going to find me no matter where, no matter what platform you're on. I'm, I'm pretty much on all of them. So hope you enjoyed this episode and this interview with Megan and Greta. And uh, please go out, pick up their book. They're, they're, uh, 
they got a great program there. I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed that. You're taking charge of your author career is a must. So make sure you're you're uh, doing everything you can to do that. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you all next time. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Wordslinger Podcast. Now, you can support this show by visiting wordslingerpodcast.com. That's where you're going to find back episodes, books by me, and links to anything and everything Wordslinger. And be sure to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. I'm Kevin Tomlinson. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Wordslinger.